You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. We know that players always tell yeah. the truth, Ty, uh, in regards to their 100%. health and how, and how they're feeling. So I, I'm going to take his word for it. <laughs> I think you'd be foolish not to. No tests needed. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Ty is here. And Ty, I just wanted to follow up on the greatest Canadian shows of all time because we were getting some messages here and some, you know, definitely are worth being mentioned. Curtis saying that he's disappointed that Red Green wasn't mentioned on the Mount Rushmore of Canadian TV, and Curtis is right. Uh, Red Green mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> is. Especially considering you bought your dad's suspenders. Yes, actual Red Green suspenders. We saw him live. Yeah. Red Green is a Canadian treasure and a legend. Yeah, there's no argument here. I, yeah, I don't know how I mean, we forgot him. <laughs> If the if the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. Uh, oh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> uh, I'm. I think I've said this before. I'm dangerously close to neither. I got a message from uh, from Cappy on Twitter saying it's got to be north of sixty in the Beachcombers. Come on, man! Wow, uh, was that? My grandpa tweeting that because <laughs> I've never watched either one of those shows because they are old. I was going to say our our suggestions clearly recency bias were from a certain generation. There's no yeah. there's no denying that one. Blair sending a message in. Yep, Mister D, Trailer Park Boys, Corner Gas, Degrassi, Kids in the Hall. I'd like to add a suggestion. Would the Canadian version of Border Security count? Because I love that show. <laughs> Would I lie to you? <laughs> so good. Man, there have been days when I just sat down on the couch, saw Border Security was on, and never and watched it for eight hours. <laughs> it's our generation's weather network. Man, I'm pretty sure. I hate when I turn it on and I'm like... Damn it. I've seen this there episode like six times. <laughs> yeah, but you still watch it. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted by Todd Hirsch, ATB Financial's Vice President and Chief Economist, the Future of Podcast has launched its third season by connecting with industry leaders to uncover what's on the horizon for things that mean the most to you. The Future of Podcast promises to give you insights to help navigate what is often an uncertain future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. And connect with us at atb.com slash thefutureof. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, uh, we got to put this in the news because the Calgary Stampeders are on by this week. Reggie Bagleton has returned to the Stampeders, and I know we're after the trade deadline tie, but in the last couple weeks, the Stamps have added Trey Roberson. They've now added Reggie Bagleton, spent a couple t- a couple seasons a little bit in the NFL, but he's back. He's still only 28 years old, and in 2019... 102 catches, 1,444 yards, 10 touchdowns. (laughs) This guy can be a game changer in any offense he plays in. And, I mean, 
this is probably going to take some looks away from you know the the fourth, fifth, sixth guys on the depth chart for Calgary, but it's kind of become an arms race in the West with Saskatchewan getting Duke and Shaq back, uh, Winnipeg basically running away with it, BC getting Lucky Whitehead back after uh, you know a couple weeks with his injury, but Calgary wants a home playoff game. They want to make sure that they're they've got the best chance possible because home field does matter, especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, and this just adds to it a team that, you know, a receiving with a receiving core that has been pretty steady considering the injuries and, and you know, the changes at quarterback that they've had. Uh, and this this is a huge pickup. And, and like I said, it's an arms race uh, in the West Division right now, and they need to keep up. Bagleton, uh, he said he hasn't closed the door on a return to the National Football League, but this contract only runs through the rest of this year. If he doesn't, you know, get some workouts down south after the Grey Cup, he is going to be, I think, one of the most sought-after free agents this offseason, unless, of course, Calgary gets that extension in sooner. I actually think that he might yeah. be one of the most highest paid guys going into 2022. He's got that opportunity, I think. Yeah, and, and hopefully Ottawa is paying attention. <laughs> no, like Calgary might be able to get a little bit of the, come on, you've played with us before. We got Bo Mitchell thrown to you. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a discount there. I think Ottawa's going to have to start overpaying, no? Oh, yeah. They're going to be the Oilers in the 90s. <laughs> Let's talk about the games happening this week. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, six and a half point favorites against the BC Lions here. The over-under set at 43 and a half. And this week, the Hamilton Tiger Cats can clinch a playoff spot with a win. So can the Montreal Alouettes. The the Al's in a little bit tougher in, in week 14, I will admit. Mm-hmm. But I got to wonder... Uh, the the recipe to success that the Ticats had last week against Edmonton, they ran the ball. Don Jackson had 16 carries, but Jeremiah Mazzoli had a lot of success as well. He was named a performer of the week, 357 yards passing, three touchdowns, and that was only in 24 pass attempts, which is, yep. is crazy. He was able to produce and... Not very many attempts. BC's got a lot to limit here. Yeah, and, you know, their offense, as of late, hasn't been able to put up a lot of points. Um, I think that's been fairly evident. But if if Hamilton's going to hand the ball off to, to Don Jackson 16 times again, and Masoli is going to be able to scramble with his legs, make the throws he needs to make. They still have a pretty decent receiving core. Uh, it's it just feels like a boat race. I just think the Lions are done. Here are uh, Jeremiah Masoli's stats from the last few games. Toronto in uh, Week Ten, twenty-four of thirty-three, three hundred and sixty-one yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Week 12 against Ottawa, 25 of 28, 320 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Week 13 against Edmonton, 17 to 24, 357, three TDs, no interceptions. He is playing some really good mm-hmm. football right now. BC is in tough to, to limit Mazzoli, yep. especially at Tim Horton's field. Uh, and... It just seems like Ticats, they're getting healthy. Some vets are getting into the lineup. And I know Braylon Addison came in and then he left. But some of the young receivers from earlier in the season and even late in 2019 
Tim White has really become a great member of that receiving core. Yeah. Stephen Dunbar came on this season. He's producing. He's become a mm-hmm. reliable target for Jeremiah Mazzoli. And the offensive line seems to be starting to perform uh, a little bit better, coming together a little bit. I know they lost some key pieces from 2019, but again, if they're going to run the ball 16 times, and maybe a lot that of that does had nothing to but do... help your O line. Exactly. Maybe a lot of that had to do with the way the passing game was going and the lead they mm-hmm. had against Edmonton. But even before they really took the lead, Don Jackson was running angry <laughs> and yeah. he, he, he was making it happen in that game as for bc i i just want to mention this it's happening november 10th the new owner of the bc lions is doing an ama on the on the cfl subreddit and i just oh, feel like god this guy gets it <laughs> Uh, he is wanting I, to I, build. I get, I get why, but why? Why just, not? Why, why are you a hater? It's just because I know that, you know, there's going to be the, the, the fans that are going to ask just questions that are like, it's dumb. <laughs> like they're going to bitch about, they're going to bitch about everything and anything. <laughs> oh, so it's not. It's. I like not the idea. You... I, I totally like the idea of being transparent and getting the fans involved. But, like, man, you're opening yourself up to it a lot of crap. <laughs> well, am I wrong? I guess it's not Ryder fans. So, but. <laughs> it, it's just, I thought you I thought you were taking down Reddit, but no, you're taking down uh, No. Like I I've heard this said before. The worst part about democracy is that everyone has a vote. <laughs> Unless you're a convicted felon. <laughs> so the worst part about an ask me anything is that everybody gets a question. <laughs> yeah. Except Rick Westhead, he won't be invited. <laughs> Amar Doman, uh, the new owner of the Lions. I, I just feel like this guy gets it, and the fact that they've been able to make mm-hmm. this happen it is big. He wants to rebuild that Lions brand in Vancouver, and I know it's been a tough stretch uh, of football, but uh, yeah. I think I think he wants to put in the work, and he knows what's ahead of him, and he's doing little things to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like he said, it's not it's not a it's not an overnight thing, right? Yeah, he knows yeah. that that it's 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 the long game, and this is I I mean, it's a great idea. I like I just I'm afraid of what's going to come from it from the fan <laughs> side. I'm sure they'll screen it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. They ha- oh, they're going to have to. <laughs> Last week, uh, the BC Lions. Ooh, it, it was the kicking game. That cost them the match against Toronto. Jimmy Camacho mm-hmm. missing three kicks. So now they've brought in an American kicker. Nick Vogel is uh, undergoing quarantine right now and hopes to get onto the field with them. Uh, I guess he was uh, released just prior to training camp with the Baltimore Ravens. So if I know anything about Ty, oh. that makes. Uh, this guy uh, that makes him a terrible one. person. <laughs> hey, he got cut by them. Maybe that makes him good. <laughs> Still got paid by him at some point. <laughs> uh, the BC Lions four and seven on the season. It's it's kind of fallen apart. It was just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. when it looked like they were going to compete and maybe they were going to be able yeah. to push for a playoff spot, a home playoff spot, and it seemed like the turning point in the season was that uh, lucky whitehead injury, and I believe that was yep. against Winnipeg. And when that happened, it just seemed like all, all the fire they had, and, and they got crushed a few weeks ago. Now, last week's outing in Toronto was definitely better, but mm-hmm. Hamilton uh, wants this win, 
they need this win because first place is actually still in reach in the Eastern Division for the Ticats. So yeah. it's going to be tough sledding for the Lions going into into that place. Yeah, I mean, the the defensive line for Hamilton is you know, playing yeah, yeah. unbelievable right now. Uh, and that does not bode well for a team that refuses to run the football. So... Like the wins are like they they probably sh- they should have won last week. They had ample opportunity, including Ryan Dinwiddie mm-hmm. basically handing them the game at the end. Uh, still couldn't get it done. Uh, it it just yeah, like you said, the wind the winds are out of their sa- the winds out of their sails. It's they definitely played better, but I mean, I just I don't know if it was Toronto not playing well either, but. Like, yeah, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in this team right now. Like, there's there's nothing showing me that they're going to turn this around. And I, I know that it's really late in the year, and they need to if they want to make the playoffs, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't have a lot of faith. And it's just, Mike Riley's not 100%. The O-line has been better. It's not great. It also doesn't help when, you know, you don't run the football, so the defense just pins its ears back and goes after your quarterback. You're not giving him any, like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Tough little stretch for the Lions. They were on the road in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. on the road in Toronto, and now on the road in Hamilton. I'm not really sure I'm a fan of having any Lions in <laughs> in my fantasy lineup. No. Although, uh, Michael Riley, he always finds a way to, most weeks, you know, make things Put happen with points. at least... Yeah, and at least one or two of his receivers. You never know uh, uh, what Mm -hmm. Brian Burnham can do. That's a guy that I'll never count out. Uh, He's always making the circus catch, and he's always out there to uh, compete. But (laughs) Hamilton's secondary and defensive line, they they team up to make it pretty tough to do anything uh, against them. The Edmonton Elks, six-point underdogs as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in town for Friday night football. The over-under set at 46. I <laughs> This, and I know it's, it's always said that, you know, Saskatchewan and Edmonton games, Saskatchewan and Calgary games, you might be able to have, you know, 50-50. And I don't think it's quite 50-50 in the stands. But this one... There's a legitimate chance that Ryder fans out That it's going to be 80-20. <laughs> yes, like that bat. There is actually a chance of that because last week in Edmonton, mm-hmm. when Hamilton was in town, attendance was not pretty. It hasn't been pretty for a while. Right. But at the beginning of the year, they were drawing over 30,000 people. People were Mm -hmm. excited to get back to the stadium, excited to watch football. It's not just the on-field performance. It's everything that has gone on. People are talking talking with their pocketbooks now. Well, yeah. And they're they're tired of it. They're tired of it. And I, I can't say I blame them. And, like, you see on Twitter people saying, well, if you want the league and the team to survive, like, you have to be willing to put them like you know this is just hurting the team it's like yeah that's what these people want to happen because the team hasn't lived up to expectations on or off the field that's the only way you can show them it's the only bartering chip you have or bargaining chip you have is to not go and not pay the money like this is i don't know what else fans are supposed to do critical offseason for the team I I don't know what they're going to do going into 2022 because I I know in the CFL it's it's very tempting and well you got to do it Uh, rebuild an organization very very fast and we see it happening every single offseason one year deals all sorts of things so 2022 it's probably going to have a lot of growing pains for that organization as well. Because even if you sign all these new guys, (laughs) and maybe that's not even the best way to do it, sighing 
you know, signing uh, veteran players that cost a lot of money. So it's pretty tough to build a team that way and have them come together on week one. So it depends who they bring in. Well, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they go into next year with the same same front office as they have this year. If they go into the 2022 with the same front office, they're not going to have fans showing up. That bodes well for ticket sales, yeah. Yeah, and if they go into next season with a different front office, it's going to be rebuilding from the ground up. And Yeah, and I think people will know that, but... But they'll have faith in the fran- have a little more faith in the franchise right. itself, right? Uh, they did end up signing Nick Arbuckle to uh, the one year deal, and that is pretty crucial for the franchise. Now the third becomes a second. This makes me wonder what the heck happened in Ottawa. Like <laughs> Ottawa, Ottawa had a long time to Two to words. sign Arbuckle. Two words. And he is now fired, and that would be Marcel Desjardins. There's no reason that he couldn't have got this deal done unless he's being an idiot. He's going to make $340,000 in 2022. It's a slight raise from what he was making this year. So the Elks have their guy for 2022. Mm -hmm. That also means that Toronto is going to receive Edmonton's second-round draft pick in 2022. So Toronto... (laughs) That's basically that's almost a first round pick. I, I'm guessing that Edmonton's gonna draft pretty high. What are you trying to say? <laughs> so Toronto's gonna still have an opportunity to get a pretty solid and talented mm-hmm. Canadian player at yeah. that point in the draft. It could be tenth, eleventh overall in that range. And so are the Elks at three hundred and forty thousand for Nick Arbuckle. That leaves them a lot of cap space. It's not the Mike Riley deal where he eats that's up true. almost a quarter of your cap. Well, and I think that's why Arbuckle's only signing the one-year deal. He, he wants the shot well, to uh, go perform next year. And if he has a forty-five hundred-yard yeah. season or whatever, hey, he gets a pretty solid range in mm-hmm. the five hundred thousand-dollar range. Yeah, and like you mentioned, all those one-year deals and teams having to rebuild every other year or every year, it seems, kind of thing. But let's be honest, the teams brought that on themselves by signing guys to long-term deals and then just cutting them when it becomes convenient. So, it just, I mean, that's the player's recourse to that. I mean, I don't know what else you do if you're a player when nothing's guaranteed, except for bonuses, but they cut you before the bonus comes up. Pretty much every deal signed in football is a one-year deal. So, (laughs) yep. as long as we remember that, uh, we'll be fine. Get get your money in the signing bonus. Yeah. As of Saskatchewan here, (laughs) hey, they want that home playoff game. They got to win this one. And... They're facing some injury issues now. Tuesday was a tough day at the office for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Kyron Moore uh, did not practice. He left the game against Montreal with a knee issue. Looks like Ricardo Lewis was working in his spot. AC Leonard had to leave practice early. He had a big game against Montreal. The big sack, eight tackles. He was looking Mm -hmm. great. Duke Williams had to leave the tunnel <laughs> or leave the field oh with the God. trainer. Dan Clark, Dan Clark, the veteran <laughs> on the offensive line, had to leave. Although Craig Dickinson did say this guy was in a car crash and didn't miss a game in 2019. I- I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to take a, a lot. With an ankle. It's going to take a lot to keep him out of the lineup. <laughs> Yeah, those offensive linemen, they're pretty much injured from week two they're, on. They're, <laughs> they're in a car crash every week as it is on the field. Yeah, every play. Every play. Yeah. So That's not something that I envy. That being said, as far as the riders, you know, facing injury issues, the Elks are as well. James Wilder Jr. has not practiced this week. He was the centerpiece of that offense 
for all of this mm-hmm. season. Hurt the ankle, and at this Probably point... Probably the only bright spot, really. Yeah. At this point, why not just see what Walter Fletcher can do the rest of the way? I know you got the three games in seven days. Maybe you will need Wilder to, <laughs> to kind of... Yeah, you got James Tuck. <laughs> Uh, maybe just see what Fletcher can do. Uh, Darrell Walker has been limited in practice. He really hasn't done much this season, but Greg Ellingson has not practiced this week either. Justin Renfro on the offensive line hasn't practiced, so there's a lot of veterans not going to be playing or haven't practiced Mm -hmm. for the Elks this week, so... They are dealing with their fair of injury issues as well. They're just going to be doing, I think, training camp 2022 right now. Maybe Ernest Edwards, yep. maybe Tolliver get in there and see what they can do and produce against the Riders. But again, it's one of those things where the Riders have something to play for. And I guess maybe the yep. Elks do too. They're playing for jobs and they're playing for their professional mm-hmm. lives going forward. Yeah, if you're going to be laying eggs in games that don't matter, uh, management and the coaching staff sees that for sure. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. There's a thing to be said about playing with pride, and if you're not going to do it, they're probably not going to be there next year. Yeah, This this just has to become an extended training camp for for the Elks. I don't see any other way around it. Let's go to Toronto. BMO Field, the Argos, 10.5-point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks. The over-under is at 45.5. Now, the big thing here is that Toronto, undefeated at home this season. They've just found ways. (laughs) Yeah, they found ways in spite of some people on the sidelines. Man, even when you're relying on the opposing team to miss gimme kicks... They just make it happen. In fact, Toronto is the only team in the CFL. (laughs) The only team in the CFL with a winning record. So that includes Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Calgary's 500. That have (laughs) a negative point differential. They've given up Mm -hmm. 25 more points than they've scored. (laughs) They win close and when they lose, they get boat raced. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you know what? The, the last time they played Ottawa, it was a close game at halftime, and then it was the third quarter when Toronto mm-hmm. really opened things up and crushed the Red Blacks. <laughs> They're going to want to see, a, I think, a complete effort here and not keep Ottawa in this game. Again, they want first place, yep. so they do need to win this game. Over the last few weeks, Toronto's been having their their depth tested at offensive line. Uh, and it was really evident in the loss against Montreal a couple weeks ago when uh, Montreal's defensive line was all over, all over Toronto. So mm-hmm. they have claimed... Uh, Offensive lineman Jonathan Zamora from the Calgary Stampeders right off of the practice roster. And he was drafted in the third round of the 2020 CFL draft. So clearly he's got some talent. He's got some potential. Uh, And the Argos have been starting a rookie at center all season with Peter Nicastro after having some injuries at that position. So, I mean, if, if you're going to let Calgary develop an offensive lineman for a few years for you, I, I think he'll be able to yeah. uh, fit into your lineup pretty quickly. <laughs> if you had to rank teams that you would want to take players off of their practice roster, I think Calgary's at the top. I, I, yeah. they. I mean, just the way that franchise has been run the last 10, 15 years, it's a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, not a lot of playing time, if any. But if the Stamps see something in him, there's something there. Yep. And he's from Mississauga, so you're adding another local guy to your roster that you'll be able to keep uh, on your roster for years to come. As for Ottawa, and I I think fans got to be happy to see this, they re-signed Devontae Dedman for a year. He, at times, seemed like... 
maybe the only thing to get excited about mm-hmm. <laughs> as an Ottawa fan. He's only 25 years old, and it looks like he's going to be good to go this weekend, at least according to him. We know that players always tell yeah. the truth, Ty, uh, in regards to their 100%. health and how, and how they're feeling. So I, I'm going to take his word for it. <laughs> I, I think you'd be foolish not to. No tests needed. <laughs> He's returned 41 punts for 637 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, he has over 1,000 yards in kickoff returns this season as well. So he's Ottawa's most electric player. They do need to find a way. And next year, I, I think this should be a project for them to get him involved in the offense, not only on special teams. He's too good mm-hmm. just to be on the field for special teams. And he was seen but on the sideline the last couple. Right, right. He, he was seen on the sideline in the last couple of weeks with a walking boot. But he says he's feeling good and he should be able to play. But, yeah, get him the ball more, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you can throw him the ball underneath, it kind of turns into a punt return anyway. He can make guys miss, whether yeah, it's on a yeah. kick or on a on a catch. So uh, you make guys miss and and kind of help move this offense on the field, which at times has struggled to do that. Uh, you know, it, it's just all the better. I don't know if they make an emphasis of it this year, but I think next year going in, um, I, I just don't know how successful teams can be with just guys that are specialized returners that don't play another position. Just well with the roster size, it's crucial, man. Yeah. Right. When you only have 46 guys, you need to be kind of a Swiss army knife when it comes to that. And like Frankie Williams did it in Hamilton and he played corner. Charles Nelson does it in Winnipeg playing corner. Like, it, it, I, it's, this isn't like the NFL where you can afford a roster spot for a guy that does nothing but return kicks. Ottawa's experiencing uh, some injury issues at the, the running back position. Uh, Brendan Gillanders hurt. Delance Turner hurt. It does appear that Timothy Flanders is going to get back into the lineup for for Ottawa if you're if you're really desperate at running back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Finish that sentence, man. I want to know what you're going to say. <laughs> no. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> uh, it does appear that Sean Oakman might be ready to go back on Toronto's defensive line. And uh, I, I know that Chris Jones is going to be excited to have that defensive lineman back there. But uh, Ottawa's yep. in the same position as Edmonton. Uh, it, it's one of those situations where it's extended training camp for them. A lot of these guys uh, might be their last few weeks playing pro football. It's just the sad reality of the business. Uh, a lot of them want to have a job in 2022, so they're going to need to perform. If you do look at the injury report, it appears that uh, uh, Dexter McCoyle missed practice on Tuesday. Uh, and quietly, Has he come down yet? <laughs> from that He's field been... like how high did he get on that attempted block that was yeah, ridiculous I, it would take me a while to uh to recover from that he's been pretty underrated this year he's mm-hmm. he's been all over the place and i know he he got into some penalty issues last week against the lions but dexter mccoyle's been playing some pretty good football yeah. this year uh, they've had some guys return to practice, though, uh, including linebacker Cam Judge. He was practicing in full on Tuesday, so watch for him to get back into the lineup. And there's a whole schlack of injury issues for uh, for Ottawa. The 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 injury report is actually a mile long. <laughs> Where we are into week fourteen. I mean, yeah, I think most teams. Yeah. Injury report could be a mile long, but a lot of guys are just battling through. But Ottawa at this yeah. point is like, well, we don't need guys to – or we don't need to be paying for guys to get surgery if things get worse because we know that teams love to do that. 
<laughs> the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 12-point favorites against the Montreal Alouettes. The over-under wow. set at 45 here. The Bombers are coming back from the bye. I kind of wonder if the Bombers are going to have double-digit spreads the rest of the way. I don't think so. Just because like they're, they have first wrapped up, they're going to be resting guys. Yeah, that's and, true. Like I, I don't know how the lines don't get adjusted when depth charts come out and you know people aren't playing. I don't think they rest everybody at the same time though. So I mean that probably will help that, but double digits the rest of the way. I, I mean with the, the remaining schedule, yeah, it would make sense, but depends on what they do with their roster. Winnipeg's got to work some guys back into the roster, including Winston Rose, who has been practicing with the first mm-hmm. teamers. He's back from the NFL. Shaq Cooper was uh, practicing at running back. I'm assuming that they probably still want to stay Canadian at that point, but you know what they say about assumptions, so <laughs> watch out for the depth chart when Winnipeg releases that. And Sergio Castillo. The kicker been practicing for Winnipeg as well. That has uh, been a position of weakness for the Bombers this year. <laughs> they don't want yep. it to come down to field goals, and if they do, and, and if it does happen, they want a reliable option back there, and it it really hasn't happened. Uh, <laughs> I think they've gotten spoiled. I had, I had my my headline for when they missed it. The field goal to lose the West Final. I, I had it written, or or to lose the Grey Cup. I, I had it what ready it? to go, and now if Castillo comes in, I don't get to use it. Well, you know <laughs> okay, how they always well. call like a season wrap up. You know how they always call a season wrap up the post mortem. Yeah, I was going to call it a post post mortata. Now I can't. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Well done. <laughs> every now, every now and then, every now and then. Hey, we'll we'll uh, appreciate it right here on <laughs> on on to it out. <laughs> so they they want to get Sergio in there. I, I, uh, they, I come up wanna... with that, but I got to pay two hundred bucks to get a best man speech written. <laughs> they got to make sure Sergio can uh, can make some kicks because, man, can you imagine mm. it coming down to a kick for the Bombers? And over he, the past, oh, my God. Over the past little while here, they, they knew they had Justin Medlock back there, Mr. Automatic. Mm-hmm. Now that he's he's gone not playing football, it's been <laughs> it's been a revolving door at that position for the Bombers. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it hasn't been fun. Ty, I I didn't think this was going to happen this soon. But starting a quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes is Trevor Harris. Matt Schilt's been dealing with some knee issues. He played with it last week. They're giving him the week off, and Trevor Harris, just a few weeks with the Montreal Alouettes, is going to Winnipeg. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to make things happen, and I, I say try to make things happen because his last game in Winnipeg was his last start for the Elks. 9 of yeah. 22 for 87 yards. I ex- Well, I shouldn't say I expect much of the same because the receivers he have has now are playing way better than the receivers he had in Edmonton. That's true. He's got a completely different supporting cast. Yeah. <laughs> and a team that a team that's going to the playoffs more than likely, uh, you know, a team that is winning football games, it it it's just a better situation. The bomber have the bombers have an opportunity here to clinch an undefeated season at home. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Because they're going to have one mm. more home game after this regular one. season. Regular <laughs> yes, season. The, they want to clinch an undefeated regular season at home. Trevor Harris is in tough to do it this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't like don't like its chances. Uh, <laughs> nope, not at all. 
<laughs> but he does have William Stanback, and you did mention the receivers he's got there. He's got uh, yeah. Eugene Lewis, Jake Winicky, uh, a lot of quality receivers to throw to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, a few weeks with the team, and this is the definition of getting thrown to the wolves, I think. Yeah, this would not be my choice for first start with a new team. This, uh, man, I feel sorry for him. But isn't this a guy that's also playing for his future? No, I know 100%. he's with a playoff. T- he's also with a playoff team right now. But <laughs> this guy has a lot to prove if he wants to be a starting quarterback yep. in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think. Like, does does he get another crack at being a starter? It's a good question. If he doesn't do any. Like, and I know it, it's kind of you know jumping the gun, and it's only been the one year. But I mean, it it hasn't been good, and the warts are showing. It's like I, I think BC's set with with Riley and Rourke. Calgary, obviously not. He's not going back to Edmonton. Saskatchewan's good with Fajardo. Somehow, Zach Kalaros has become an MOP candidate. <laughs> uh, it blows my mind. What, Hamilton, you're not. He's not going there. Toronto, it looks like. Macbeth has, like, does he go back to Toronto? Well, I was going to say that. I'm trying, to think of open, that... I'm trying to think of open jobs that, that might come up this year. Like I, I don't see a lot. Well, uh, Ottawa. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's and just... That, but is he, would he go back? I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, uh, I could see Toronto pulling a fast one on Macbeth <laughs> and, and making him compete with, uh, with the Trevor Harris next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I could totally see that happening. I, it would not shock me one little bit. Macbeth, Macbeth is going to win the Grey Cup and lose his starting job. Yeah, <laughs> that would not surprise me out of Toronto. Winnipeg's no. injury report still has uh, Andrew Harris on the sidelines as well as Jamarcus Hardrick. Um, so the matchup I want to watch here is because Montreal's defensive line, they were all over Toronto a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They were all over Saskatchewan last week. Winnipeg's old line is a different beast. Are they going to be able to perform the same way? That is a matchup I want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think you're, they're only losing Hardrick, but still, that's a big piece. Uh, you know, he's probably been arguably the best old lineman in the league for the last few years. So it is a big loss, but they still have the majority of their line together. But the way that Montreal's defense front has gelled, I mean, it, it's going to be a battle in the trenches. It's going to be really fun to watch. What's your fantasy lineup looking like this week? Like the Argos lineup? <laughs> Good call. <laughs> uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, DJ Foster, Ricky Collins Jr., Chandler Worthy, the Argos defense, and I threw in Brady Oliveira and Kean Schaefer-Baker. Macbeth is like the no-brainer start, which means he's gonna yeah get which about nine and a half nine points. points again. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Bo. <laughs> so I got Macbeth, DJ Foster, Don Jackson, Davaris Daniels, Shaq Evans, Reggie White Jr. out of Montreal, and twenty five hundred dollars special. Defense. Yeah, gotta have at I like least how one the of the Argos guys. defense. Like how the Argos defense is. One dollar over the minimum for a defense. Is this the Price Is Right <laughs> at thirty two oh one? Like, <laughs> well, if you look at the last few weeks here, Toronto defense three points last week against BC minus one. Yeah, but one. they're playing Ottawa. Well, I'm just saying minus one against Montreal a couple of weeks ago. Twenty nine points. Against Ottawa in week 10. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about here? If they get half of that, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. 
But the next closest game they've had all year is eight points. So I, their price actually is not that far off from where think, it should be. But you got to – so they get a they, – they cost an extra dollar playing the worst team in the league? <laughs> Oh, yeah. We've seen that they do not price with who the opponent is. They only price. Which makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for past performance. Um, also, I I bet that we see Duck Hodges in that game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have $421 left, so you you win this week. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, 377 Dollars left. I'm up up against Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. I'm just here trying not to finish last. That is my I, only goal. Yeah. That that's commendable. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, the stats this week. <laughs> Ottawa has given up the most points in the league. They've given Weird. up the most touchdowns oh well yeah funny how that works uh so yeah wait a minute (laughs) so the way it's looking for toronto uh it just looks like they should be able to put up a pile of points they Mm -hmm. really should be able to do that uh i hope they can do it edmonton now has given up the most rushing yards a game which is crazy to me. <laughs> BC uh, has given up the most passing yards a game. Now, earlier in the season, they were having interceptions. Uh, their secondary yeah. was looking pretty good. But it, it's just that Jeremiah Mazzoli, and maybe he'll make it worth it with the way he's played the past little while. He's just starting to cost a lot of money. He's over $11,000 yeah. uh, for your fantasy lineup. I got to look at the weather in Edmonton because Edmonton's given up oh, yeah. 5.6 yards of carry as well. Uh, will Saskatchewan yeah. finally give Powell the ball? No, because it's Jason Moss. But carry on. <laughs> like, I have this theory in my head that they're waiting for it to get cold. And, and the fact that they have kept Powell fresh all this year, that they'll be able to give him the ball... Edmonton weather, Friday, November 5th, a high of 10 degrees. You can't ask for much better than that, so uh, I don't think they'll be running the football. I want to know, <laughs> I wanna know what it is next Friday when Canada plays Costa Rica at Commonwealth and tickets are $22. Isn't Okay, Canada plays Costa Rica and Mexico next month, or this month now. Yeah. It's got to be advantage Canada, no? <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Costa Rica and Mexico are looking at those games. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, we're good. We'll just take the L. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Pickham on the surface looks pretty obvious this week. Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Toronto, and Winnipeg. But yep, so somebody's gonna screw us. Yeah. Which one is it? Or that is or the I question. go on an eight game winning streak. Two four and oh weeks in a row. Finally. It could be. Hey, anything's possible. I mean the anything Braves won their first possible. World Series since nineteen ninety five. Look at that. And we have a hockey team. The the, the big announcement that Ty had <laughs> on Twitter. You know that every person has been DMing me wondering if we're doing two and out live. That is not the announcement. Yeah. What is the announcement? Nope. Uh we well, I'm going to use <laughs> the two and out logo. I cleared this with Travis. I guess we could say we. Uh we are sponsoring my old rec hockey league team because they need new jerseys. And no, they are not the devils. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a deep cut. Um, yeah, the, that is. Uh, the, the, the jerseys they have are the jerseys that I played in, and they are falling apart because our team manager actually washes them. 
So when's the last time you've been <laughs> on skates? Uh, last December ish, we went skating. Oh, okay, at so the not as skating oval. Not as crazy. Last as time I, I played hot. Last time I played hockey was 2016. So, so two and out is helping out uh, a rec hockey league team in Lloyd Minster. Yeah. Am I am I right? Yes. Yep. The Wolfpack, and so you know, give them a little. We're going to sponsor some money to get new jerseys. They're going to put the patch on. We'll send them uh, pictures to use. So I'm sure guys will be getting chirped relentlessly on the ice. Now, do I get to trade guys and cut guys? Well, you could probably start with the goalie. I think I should get free tickets, free popcorn at the concession. Um, yeah, you can get all the free tickets you want. <laughs> if you want to go to a men's rec league game at 9.30 at night on a Wednesday, uh, I'll let you in the door for free. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Oh, man. Uh, Got to give a shout out to the Well Endowed podcast produced by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink, uh, produced by Lisa Pruden. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. And the podcast tells the story of how these endowments intersect with community. Man, it's just doing some great work, the Edmonton Community mm-hmm. Foundation. So if you go to the wellendowedpodcast.com, you can see all of the different organizations that have benefited from uh, the Edmonton Community Foundation. Most recently, they talk about the Low Resourced Seniors Collective, uh, helping seniors navigate a myriad of services to meet their daily needs. So you can listen and learn all about that at the wellendowedpodcast.com. And that's exactly where you need to go to subscribe to the show. Week 14 is upon us in the CFL season. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. Stay warm. Cold football is on the way. We'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.